Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Hey everyone, this is BC and welcome to Inside the Episode. Today, David and I are going inside the power of fear and how it manipulates your thinking. Yo, yo, yo. This is a good one. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to have this conversation. I say that all the time. This is a good one, but you guys know this because you listen to all of them. Um, you know, this is a conversation that is very necessary in this time, I feel like, because we're just struggling a little bit. I think the whole world is it's feeling this. It's crazy, man. Yeah, it's just this negative it. just, bent. It's, it's crazy. It's true. And... I really feel like I, I want to tread lightly a little bit because I don't want people to get the idea that they have to bury their head in the sand. However, there is such a thing as oversaturation, right, with all mm-hmm. this nonsense. Yeah. So, you know, we thrive on reaction. You said that in the pod itself. Our world thrives on the reaction, um, especially when it comes to a specific agenda that's being pushed. Uh, we're seeing it every day on all media platforms, whether it's television, whether it's print media, whether it's social media. Um, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. I've been hearing that for decades yeah, now. Totally. So it's not like this is any new, no. but I'd like but to it's know. Worse. It's, it, it's just getting it worse. It is. And, and what's, what is that attributed to? Just the sheer amount of volume of news out there or what? what well, do you think it's it is? the, it's the volume, but it's also the business, right? So the business needs eyeballs. How do they get eyeballs? Well, uh, you know, the, the tragedy sells 10 times faster than the positive story of the day. Yeah, it's true. You know, so we, it's because we have fear bias. Yeah. And when you say fear bias, go, go into that a little bit deeper. Just we're, we're, what, what does that mean? Like your definition of fear bias and. Well, it's a psychological, it's a psychological term. Okay. And if you look it up, it, what it basically means is that we're, we're hardwired to notice fear. It, 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 all it really has to do with is our survival. That's it. You know, the amygdala is, uh, is wired that way so that we've survived for millions of years. I mean, most animals are fear bias, right? So they they understand that they have to be aware of their world and it's like there's this invisible radar that's going on all the time and when something that is suggestible in fear comes into its in, into its vision it sends off that signal sure. in our brain <clears throat> yeah. so um we're, yeah, like it's like the fight, flight, or freeze situation, right? Like we've well, been that's hardwired. What we do, that's what we do when we're in fear, okay. fight, fight, flight, or freeze. That's our survival mechanism at its at its very root. You know, like that's our sure. basic survival sure. mechanism. Um, but the problem that we have is we did not used to live in a world where we were presented with fear on this scale ever, like. Yeah, you know, if you think back, if you think back to when like you really could get eaten by a tiger, like 90% of your day you were not seeing a tiger. You know, you knew that it was possible or, or whatever, but you were farming or you were picking berries or taking care of your family or I don't know, weaving a fur coat or something. Right, I, yeah, know, yeah, I don't know. Basket making. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah. Um and if you think about even a hundred years ago, which I mentioned on the podcast. People lived, yes, they lived simpler lives. And sometimes we say, oh, wouldn't it be better to live a simpler life? In some ways, because in some ways, it did not do to our brain what this is doing. And I think that the problem is, is that we're not keeping up. We're not learning as fast as technology is moving. (coughs) Excuse me. So we're very susceptible to what it's doing to us. And what it's doing to us is it's, it's, this is not, this is not somebody's crazy idea. This is hundred percent real. 
All of this information is bombarding people's minds every single day and it's keeping them on hyper alert. It's also keeping them in a very insecure state all the time because none of this stuff's in anybody's control. Like, what are you going to do about it, right? You know, um, there's nothing that you can do about most of this stuff. So it causes people to react in bad ways, whether it's they're outwardly doing it or they're doing it in their families or they're, you know, like they're disintegrating from the inside, depression, anxiety, all that stuff. It, it, it's bad, T. It, yeah, it's I really mean, I bad. can only imagine that it has such a, a profound effect on the successful mind. You can't have a successful mind when you're allowing yourself to be manipulated by the fear that comes from the news that you don't even know if it's 100% accurate. I think we had a conversation in the hallway last week about how how you used to be able to go to a news source for reliability of the news. Right now, I'm sure there's news people out there that are thinking they're very reliable, but they do have a specific agenda involved. And I guess my question would be, how did we get here? Like, I feel, does this go way back to the... 80s and the 90s when media began to be more of a powerful course? Is it when CNN started broadcasting, nah, this goes you know, back trials? A this goes back to the, well, it goes, it probably goes back to traditional stories that were passed down from one clan or whatever tribe to It a, would just take another. time. But, you know, with the invention of the printing press and how people learn to sure. manipulate other people through fear, we learned that fear manipulates. I mean, you know, if you have you ever read The Prince Machiavelli? No. Right? Yeah, you no. should read that okay. book. Like he 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 nailed it right there. I mean, Machiavelli nailed it. The the idea was that um, uh, people will respond to fear faster than they'll respond to love, even though love has a hundred percent more merits to it. That's not what the news is trying to do. It needs eyeballs, right? So, like, we're a company, right? It's, we need eyeballs. We need eyeballs. We're constantly marketing for eyeballs. You know, look at us, see if this works for you, you know, buy something that we have. Every company is doing that. Right. Media has advertisement, and advertisement is big, big money, billions, billions, billions of dollars. So it's not going to invest that in a, in a company that's not getting the eyeballs. It wants the eyeballs, you know, especially if it has an agenda for that demographic that that news source, like if you're doing Fox or CNN or sure. MSNBC or whatever. So they have to show, the, here's the eyeballs. Well, how do they get the eyeballs? I can get the eyeballs if I keep putting stuff that's horrible up and then they're competing with each other, you know? So that's the deal. If I, if I can do that, you know, it's like uh, sex sells, right? We're, we're drawn to that also. That gets the eyeballs. It's anything that's fantastic that'll get our attention. So I don't want to go down the sex road, but we're, part, we're hardwired for that also, by the way. That's why it, it has such a draw. But fear tops them all. Sure. It tops them all because it threatens my safety. Now, here's the thing about the subconscious mind. It doesn't know the difference between a threat. It just knows threat, right? And then we have to determine, is that threat a threat to us or, or whatever? What the news is doing today that is really fascinating is they're trying to get us to believe that all of the threats that are going on are a threat to us personally. To you as an individual watching the TV in Podunk, Iowa, someplace, that this is a threat, you know, this is a threat to yeah. you and people believe it, you know? So that's where we go into the availability bias where we overestimate the importance of events that we're paying attention to. Sure. Then we go into the confirmation bias, which we look for evidence to support that this is why I need to be afraid of this. Right. Right. So we, we, we hypnotize ourselves based on what's happening and then we become part of the problem. Sure. 
Yeah, I mean, I think they touched on this a little bit in that documentary watch, The Social Dilemma, a little bit. You know, they, they were talking about the almighty dollar. Like, when I started on Facebook, it was just a place to connect with friends. It was a, a book of faces that you collected, and you talked about this, that, or the other. And then, in order to be able to keep that site going, it came down to money. I mean, the operating cost for Facebook is in the multiple of billions of dollars annually. So they need to be able to make money from that, and they do that through advertising, right? The, the entire internet's based on the click. 100%. How do we get 100%. you to click? How do we get you to click? Click this, click that, yeah, click, click this, click, 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 click. Yeah, it's true. We need to get you to click. So when you turn on the TV, it's eyeballs. That's a click, right? When yeah. you turn on the radio, it's a click. When you pick up a newspaper, when you read, you know, they even, they even like in social media, or uh, what was the name of the movie again? Uh, the Social Dilemma. The Social Dilemma. Yeah, the they, they even know what you're reading and how long you're reading. So they know what you're paying attention to. Yeah. This is not a guess on the part of these companies. They know. For a hundred percent fact, based on statistic, what people are watching and what they're drawn to, and they just keep pumping more of it in there. And that's when they can manipulate you because they know what you're going to click, what you're going to buy, what you're going to be drawn into, and then they can target you in such a way that's going to make you do that. That's why you've had, you know, people talking about how there's been elections have been won because of a certain, you know, algorithm that was used and all these other sorts of things. Right. I'm not here to go into all that, but I'm sure all of that stuff is there. That's why it becomes a very scary proposition when you try to think about where you go to find this positivity. So on the ground level right now, where we're at, how do you stay informed yet stay positive in what's going on in the world? I think the question is you need to have an, you need, everybody has to have their own individual understanding of what they need to be informed about. And then they need to search out positive sources of that information to get it. I really believe and, and I read this. I did not, this is not, this was not my statement. I read it. I just don't remember where I read it because I was trying to do as much research on this before I, I sat down and, and talked with you. Um, what I read was that the idea uh, that if there's, if there, if there seriously is something going on in the world that you need to know about, it's going to get to you. It'll find you. Right. It'll, it'll get to you. Right. So if you, if you shut everything off, you just go about doing your thing. If something is really important, it's it'll find its way to you that you, that you need to know about. So, like I and I and I said, like there's there's positive websites, there's positive news, uh, the Good News Network, the Optimist Daily, the Happy hap, uh, the Happy News. Um, there was another one. It was uh, what was it? Uh, I can't remember. I'll oh, think. I found I found one called Sunny Skies with oh, a yeah. Z. I thought yep. that was really good. I actually started going through some of these because I've heard of Positive News and I've heard of Optimist News and of course GNN, which is a clever good news network. I thought all those are really good. And yeah, then you go and even on there. Huffington Post has a, yeah. a whole positive uh, thing going over there. Yeah, there's a, you have to look for it though. You do. It's not. It doesn't come up right away. You have to. You have to be very specific with your search you to find those. things. You absolutely do. But it's there. Yeah, it's, it's there. there. Um, and that'll tell you what the positive stuff is. And I, I'll tell you what, here, I'm just t- t- my own reaction. Like I wanted to see how I reacted just to doing the research. And when I started looking and reading some of this stuff, and I, I read some different articles that said, cut all the negative news out, only go to positive news sites or whatever. There was this little thing inside of me that was like, well, what if something goes wrong? How are you going to know about it if it's only positive? Right? And I was like, wow. Like, and I think for a living, right? Sure, I mean, right. that's yeah, what, I, yeah, that's that's what I do. So power, it's superpower. I don't keep that stuff around me that much. And when I do look at it, I'm very conscious about that I know it was a manipulated narrative, like 99% of the time. Right. 
so I think to myself, well, if this is something that I need to be concerned with, I need to do an investigation on it, right? I need to really know what the, what the actual deal is before I react. But most people don't do that. They just completely react. And here's the other thing that, that really concerns me, and another reason why I wanted to do this, this topic. I think people do not understand how it's affecting their life when they're not looking at it, right? That anxiety, you don't turn that off instantly once you see it. Like it lights up a certain part of your brain. It's pumping chemicals through your body. It's causing you to react and control almost everything that you do during the day. It's it's the app that's running in the background of your phone that's sucking your battery dry, yet you don't even know that it's happening. <laughs> yeah, that is exactly what it. I thought about to bring technology that's into it. the conversation. It's constantly there. Even when you turn off the TV or put it away, it still is running in a loop and you can't wait to wake up in the morning and the first thing you do is grab your phone and see what happened overnight. Right. It's so very true. Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I had this conversation with my daughter because I wanted her to watch The Social Dilemma just to get, a, get an understanding of how a 17-year-old views the world who's grown up with a screen. Mm-hmm. I mean, she had a screen since she was 10, so she's been bombarded with all these sorts of things and how things were going with her and how her anxiety, because right now we're creating an entire generation of highly anxious people. I think everybody has a little anxiety, but it seems to be more and more prevalent in the younger generation now because there's a lot of uncertainty out there. So I had a conversation with her and I said, well, why don't you try to put away your phone for a day or two and see how it goes? And then she said, well, how would I get a hold of you? I said, well, um, what do you need to get a hold of me for? Well, what if the house is on fire? Uh, well, call 911 or see if you can put the fire out. You know, there was the, there were all these things that she was saying, how do I, what do I need to do if I need to get a hold of you? So we've sort of created this world where instant communication, instant gratification is right there. Yeah. And it's hard to put that down. But it, I mean, as I'm saying this to her, I'm thinking to myself, could you put your phone down for a day or two? Could you stay away from the but news for a day or two? think about where she's coming from that, right? It's an immediate negative. Immediately negative. Immediate it's not a positive negative. thing. Not a right? positive. Not like, not what happens if I win the lottery? How it's, am I going to tell you, right? Yes. Correct. It, yeah, yeah, that's true. Good point. It's an immediate negative. So it is. it's embedded in our mind that we need these devices because something goes wrong. Sure. It's true. Well, and I will tell you that that's one of the things that has been sort of like um, frustrating for me during the whole quarantine since like April, I've become increasingly pessimistic. Like I used to be Mr. Optimism with everything. And then all of a sudden things started changing. And like you said, I was, there was a program running in my head where I was constantly looking to see what was going on in the world. Mm. How many people were dying? We're tracking the number of cases in our community. Are my parents all right? Are my grand, you know, all these people in my life. So I became this incredibly pessimistic person. And it continues to this day. I'll be fully transparent. I still am very pessimistic. But at the same time, I've done, you know, I've taken on your challenge, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, of putting some of those platforms aside for a while. And my mood has increased tremendously. But it is one of those things where I would rather be living in an optimism world than to be fully pessimistic. How do we get there when we're completely bombarded? And maybe it's not realistic for us to shut off all the news. I think the reason that you've gone... So first of all, with COVID, something entirely different has happened and the the exacerbation of the negative news. And that is the, the fundamental way that we live has been changed. So that is anxiety-inducing all on its own because we don't have pattern recognition. Everything has to be developed new the way that we're, we're getting through yeah, the world. Yeah, this is a new world, right? Yeah. So I think, I think one of the reasons that you've become more pessimistic is it's a way to control. 
You can control that. Correct. You can't control what you don't know. So you can, like, if you can bring it down to, this is not going to work, I can control that, right? Yeah. So um, to think optimistically when we don't even know if we're ever going to get back to normal. What, you know, what's it going to be like next month? Like every month it's changing, sure. then it's going back and then it's changing and it, like it, all the rhetoric on TV. It's a, it's a hard place to live in your head because as human beings, we want to look, we want to create some kind of vision for the future, but how the hell do you create a vision for the future when you don't know what the future, the, like the, the consistency that we've had for so long completely flip-flopped, right? Sure. So it's easier to go and just manage, you know, uh, the negative part of it. It gives you something to focus on. There's actually something to do. I can check the stats. I did that. I could check the stats over here. I did that. I can call my mom, make sure she's okay. I did that. And that's how you, your brain works. Mm -hmm. Like it's always totally. checking off lists, making sure you, yep. you, you get Tasking. things done. So it gives you more control, right? So I think that's what you, the idea for you is that it all comes back down to the control. But I think it does for most people because the idea is when I'm afraid, what do I want to do? I want to feel certain. How do I feel certain? So now what they're doing is they're, they're trying to get you to move the negative thought into an action. They want you to participate in the action. Tweet this, forward this, you know, send this to five friends, you know, like this, subscribe to this, go out and protest for like, they want to get you involved in the negativity in some way, because the more they do that, the more it increases the eyeballs, right? And more, yeah. more it increases the intention. I think the idea is that we have to learn how to think. And, and I, and, and I wrote this down when I did this, I'm just going to read this again. We have to learn to think in a world that thrives on getting us to react and react to its agenda. So we have to create our own agenda. We have to know that first, because if we don't know we're reacting, we fall into the illusion that it's all real. Like that's, you know, that the, like the bottom line is the craziness that's going on in the news, and it's not. It is going on, but not to the extent that we think right? It's not everything. So we have to get out of our availability bias and we have to make ourselves available for other information. And if you, if we create, if we create a, a vision for, for, and I think a person has to do this based on wherever they are. Maybe it's a vision for today. Maybe it's a vision for a week. Maybe it is a vision for a year or 10 years, whatever. A person has to then think, what information do I need to take in to do this? I was thinking back about when I um, and I've told you this before, and I, and, I, and I know that I've mentioned it on the podcast before. In 1993, I decided that I was going to study. I needed, I needed a massive education in, in all these questions that I, I didn't know the answer to. And media was one thing that I cut out. I cut out media. I cut out movies. I cut out television. I cut out music. I cut out all of that. All I did was work, hang with my family, did family things, and, and I studied. And I didn't take in that information. And I think that helped the new information that I was taking in actually take root and, and give to flight, you know, seven years later. But I was also thinking back during that time that there's a lot of things that I find out that happened during that time that I just didn't know about because I was not present in the media space that we had at that time. But what it did was I had a vision. I had a vision for where I was going in the future and nothing that happened affected me in any way whatsoever. Now, you might say, well, that, you know, that was then. Now we have things that are affecting people. 
that's true. We have things that are affecting people. I think we need to really limit it, though. Like, I'm, I stay very limited to what I watch. I follow a couple things sporadically. Every few days, I'll check in, see what's going on with this or that, things that I'm interested in. But not to the point of obsession and not to the point of every day. Every day, I'm putting mostly positive stuff in my mind because I'm aware of how negative the world actually is. And I think that even if I did it on a regular basis, that it would start to affect me sure. in a bad way. So I think we have to limit it. We have to take it, make a choice. We're cutting it out. We're not going to talk about it. We're not going to hang around people that are constantly obsessed with it. And we're going to start focused on where we want to go. And then we're going to bring in the tools that support that. So that could be positive news. That could be books. That could be movies. That could be music. It could be anything that's positive to move our mind forward. We'll find that our brain will relax. We'll find that we become more imaginative. We become more peaceful. We become more happy. You know, if, if anybody would try this for 90 days, I guarantee you in 90 days they would see a profound change just in the calmness of themselves sure. because they're not being bombarded with it. It gives our brain a chance to shut off and go back to a normal status of, of being instead of being in, in fight or flight. And that's the studies that I'm, that I'm looking into. That's what, that's what these people are saying. We're, our brains are getting stuck in this fight, flight, anxiety thing. That's why we see anxiety so increasing with young people. They just don't know what to make of this world that we lived in. We're not wired to deal with that. Right. And the technology changes so fast that we haven't been able to catch up from a human standpoint yet. So. Yeah. We're just now doing studies on what this is actually doing to a human being. And I don't want to make it sound like the internet and all this stuff is bad, but I don't think, I think we need to Look at it responsibly. And right now, it's like the wild, wild west out there. Correct. Yeah, and that's, again, that's what that doc, not to keep bringing it up, but that's what that documentary, The Social Dilemma, really told me, is this is this is unprecedented from a wild, wild west standpoint of anybody who's anybody can put anything on the internet. Why don't you tell people where they people can, can find that? It. We've mentioned I would, it a few Yeah, times. it's on Netflix. If you get a chance, I would definitely go to Netflix, stream it. It's called The Social Dilemma. It was a Netflix original. came out a few weeks ago. Basically talks about the power of social media and the effect that it's having on us. And it does have an agenda. There's a little bit of a leaning to it, but just try and watch it with some, you know, clear eyes. And, and see what you take away from it. But, you know, it reminded me, th this stuff has been around for a long time. There's been there's been horrible things that have happened in our country since the dawn of time. Mm -hmm. I mean, you go back, when you were talking about fear, the first thing that popped into my head was, and I wasn't around for this, would be like the Bay of Pigs, you know, would have been like this, uh, there's there's missiles, the Cuban Missile Crisis. Yeah, I, wasn't missiles. There. I wasn't around either. Yeah, right? <laughs> there's missiles right off the right. coast. Like, I can't imagine the fear that was going on, and they were tuning into that one or two networks to get the news and figure things out, and the same news that would tell you about someone landed on the moon, right? So you went to one place and there was probably a lot of fear. Fear has been around since the dawn of time, like you said, in the time of, of the, you know, Neanderthals, you know, trying to survive. But the first time it really hit me was when 9-11 happened. And I had friends who would stay up 36 hours straight mm -hmm. and do nothing but watch CNN and watch those towers fall and watch the, the sadness and the, and the hurt. And to this day, I've never seen a single... I've never seen a single news report or anything associated with that. Not that I was ignoring it, that it would go away, but it was part of my way of putting myself in a bubble like you just talked about, putting myself in a bubble and understanding that there's not much I can do to fix what happened because I'm a fixer, but at the same time, I can isolate myself and deal with it on my own without having a news network pile me with it over and over and over again. Yeah, I remember when they were, when they were playing that you know, every second of every day. And I was thinking to myself, 
they have no idea what they're driving into the consciousness of people. Like this is horrific. This yeah. is not good. And and we've had it good for so long. Like when when you, I love how you brought it into perspective about how if you think about our nation as a whole from the time it became a nation in 1776 till now, we've been on an increase and things have been really, really good. And we've had some bad things along the way, but we're still in a much better place today than we were five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 totally. years ago. But we don't think of that. We feel like the world is burning down. Like we feel like, you know, with, with the, the, the problem with race, with the, the problem with COVID, with California on fire and all these other sorts of things, that's all you see. And if that's all you see, that's all you know. So, you know, I've been staying away from the social media, the news as much as possible, but I know it's still out there. And I don't want to come across as being ignorant of those things and insensitive, but but at the same time, you have to limit yourself to how much you take in. Because if you don't, you're just going to start taking it out on those around you, even though you can do nothing about it from yeah. where you sit. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. What's interesting to me is, is and I and we've got a presidential election coming up, and we don't get political on this show, which is fine. Uh, but, you know, I feel like, is it fair to lay blame on some of the things that are going on in our country to the media to the current president, like what is our culpability in all of this? I feel like everybody wants to blame. We watch it. it that, that's purely it. We, we consume, consume. So because of that, we are perpetuating we the beast. Yes. We're feeding but, the beast. But, but in our in our defense of being culpable, people are unconscious about what they're doing. They think that they're like if you if you're not aware of what we're teaching here, if you're not aware of how this affects the the mind, that you can actually think something different, that you can choose a different reality for yourself, then you think you're being responsible by watching all this, by knowing what's going on, by being informed by you know all of this stuff. Um, and uh, the 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 problem with it is that you don't you you're you're doing it reactively and you don't know it. You don't know that you're being manipulated. So yes, it is a codependent relationship, but but the consumer is primarily ignorant to the manipulation that is conscious on the other side. Yeah, including yeah, and, and including the president, all presidents. Like I mean, everybody that is in leadership, everybody that's in business, they all know that they're either influencing or manipulating to get people to do what they want to do. And we just don't realize how much the media is actually doing it to a very large uh, extent. Like it, it's, it's, I mean, you know, that's like the whole fake news thing, right? Like most of it's fake. It, sure. It's not, it's not that they're not taking things that happen, but they're, they're twisting the narrative. They're exploiting it to the nth degree. And it'll hold the space until the next big thing happens, which will be tomorrow or a week from now or, or whatever. It's only knocked off by something else bad happening. It's never knocked off by something good happening. They just keep doing it, doing it. They'll wear a thing out, you know, right. as long as they're getting eyeballs for yeah, it. Yeah, you can always tell a slow news week, which has not been any time in the last year, but you can tell a slow news week when they just keep repeating the same thing over and over again for months. Right. Yeah, that has not right. been the case as of late because it seems like every day there's things that are coming out right. and very interesting. Well, I wanted to close with this. You know, you talked about we all appear to be carrying around with us a core wound and you've spoken about core wounds on this show before and that core wound is basically around safety. We feel unsafe. So how do we begin to heal that core wound of not feeling safe and 
start to embrace more of that positive ideology that we all have inside of us. So we have to understand that we're basically taught that safety is a destination. In other words, if we do this, this, or this, we'll be safe. And that's, that is a complete falsehood. There is no destination of safety. Safety or being safe comes out of accurate thinking, understanding cause and effect, and understanding how to think in a way that keeps you making correct, positive decisions in your life. Right? And even with that, people, people make mistakes. There's no question about it. But we have to understand that the more educated we are, the more we understand both sides of the coin, we can make better decisions and we can think rationally about where we go. That's how we make good decisions and that's how we keep a life that is relatively safe. Right. And that's your successful mind right there. It is. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Well, I know that uh, we've talked a lot about the positive news networks and places you can go. Um, I'd encourage you to watch some Hallmark Channel movies. Just saying. <laughs> I'm telling you what, the abundance, the beauty, all the beautiful people are on there and it makes you feel You're good. You're the only person in the country that watches Hallmark. They keep it there oh, just for you. God, I love it. You know, it's so funny. Steph and I will sit down. If we're ever feeling like frumpy and grumpy, we'll just slap on a home. We could start in the middle of a of a show. It'd be like they're saving some farm in Vermont. It's like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. Look how pretty the clothes are. But there's there in all seriousness, there's a lot that goes on in our country and we don't want you to be misinformed, but we also want you to keep a level head when you're thinking about these things. So I think this was an excellent conversation. It was great to kind of get a sense of where you're coming from. I think the the listeners are going to get a tremendous amount of this and start to understand how we are being manipulated through the media to make certain decisions. Even though you think you're above it, you're you're not. You're not. All right. Well, thanks for coming inside. You bet. Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.